Turn with me to uh, Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Um, if you don't know where Colossians is, um, if you have your Bible with you and don't know where that is, best place to start is in your table of contents right at the beginning of your Bible. And so you'll see an Old Testament and a New Testament. Colossians is found in your New Testament. So you look right there, New Testament says Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. You okay, Hunter? All right, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That will fall at some point today. There we go. All right. Don't help me with that. That's okay. I appreciate it. All right. I'm just giving you all more time to find Colossians, all right? Just, this was all planned. We knew what we were doing here, all right? Some of y'all didn't know where it was. Colossians, okay? First, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, all right? Colossians chapter number three. Colossians chapter number three. Um, we'll read there and then we'll get started. Colossians chapter number three. So if you don't have a Bible, we'll put it up here on the screen, all right? So hopefully either you're looking in your Bible right now, Colossians chapter 3, or looking on the screen, Colossians 3. So either in your Bible or on the screen, if you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go. It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. For fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for today, and Lord, you know what we're going to discuss and talk about uh, this morning, and Lord, this is a very important um, message, uh, because Lord, we're going to look at it from the standpoint of what this means to help uh, our family be a priority, and Lord God, I pray as we looked at last week that we would not in any way, shape, or form um, look at the Bible and say it's out of date, to look at the Bible and say, well, I don't agree, that we would look at the Bible as truth. That you are a God who cannot lie. And so, Lord, if it's in your word, Lord God, it's good. And it's right, and it's helpful, and it's beneficial, Lord God. And when we follow the word, Lord God, we will have a blessed life. But, Lord, sometimes when we try to do it our own way, that's where we end up with failure. And so, Lord, right now, at this very moment, Lord God, you know specifically what needs to be said. And, Lord, I pray you would say it. With full boldness, Lord God, speak today. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated, okay? So we're in a series. We're in a series. Go ahead and put up my graphic. Put up my graphic. We're in a series. One, two, three. Overwhelmed. 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 Now, we're, we're, like, we're like in week six of this, okay? Some of you are over, already overwhelmed by how many overwhelmed messages we've done so far. Some of y'all have already talked to you like, hey, Buchanan, can we stop preaching about being overwhelmed? Because it seems like I'm more overwhelmed now than I was before you started the series, okay? But we're overwhelmed. Okay, too many amens right there, all right? <laughs> but, but we're overwhelmed. We're, we're wide open, 100 miles an hour, one thing after the other, busy, just up to our eyeballs in everything. And the only way to describe it is that we are what? overwhelmed overwhelmed and so we've gone through this process for the past several weeks of 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 looking at some things and talking about priority and we took the first first three weeks to really understand that who comes first and what's our purpose and 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 how do we keep him first and that's God God is first and then we talked about how there is an order to life there's an order to life that God is first, and, uh, and help me with this, God is first in every single part of our life. Can I get an amen? 
All right? God is first in every single part of our life. But if we had to, to, to kind of put things in order from the standpoint, of, okay, God is first in everything, but after God, here comes this, and after this comes this, and here we go. And so here's the list we came up with a couple weeks ago. We came up with this list, all right? All right, so we said number one is God. Number two is our spouse. Number three is our kids or our family. Number four is work, and number five is ministry, okay? So there's your top five lists. Some people may say, well, what about this thing and that thing? That can be somewhere on the list, but I don't think it replaces anything in the top five, okay? So God, spouse, kids, work, and ministry, okay? And so what we we're doing over the next couple of weeks is we're taking each one of them and talking about how do we make these things a priority in our lives? How do we make sure that they, they stay in order? And if they're in that spot, how do we make sure they are that the right priority is put in those particular areas? Now, last week, we talked about love and marriage. We talked about our spouse. Okay? Uh, it was so funny to me that, 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 and this is when I was talking about, like, quit preaching. Like, I was like, I was saying on Sunday, man, my wife, we have a great marriage. It's awesome. It's wonderful. All kind of stuff. And we were each other's throats Monday and Tuesday. I was like, what's going on here? Like, I was just bragging how great and wonderful it was. All right? So there is some definitely, I just want to let you all know this, there is some definite spiritual warfare that's going on through this series. So I just want to let you know that. But we talked about spouse, okay? And today we're going to talk about kids slash family. We're going to talk about kids slash family. Now, we figured out that order. We saw that order. Okay. Oh, I didn't give you the, the title of the message. Okay, the title of the message. Some of y'all, if you're, if you're a kid of the, if you're the child of the 90s or a teenager of the 90s, never mind. Okay, so um, Family Matters, okay? Uh, go Google it, okay? If you don't know what that is, it's a really good show. But um, it was actually on TV. Do you know I was watching it the other night? Like, that's why I stayed up too late, because it was like a marathon. Like, I watched like three episodes of Family Matters. Whatever. TGIF, anybody? Oh, yeah. There we go. Never mind. All right. <sighs> it's like, there's like this five-year window that everybody can relate to me with, and nobody else can. All right, so Family Matters. Family Matters. But your, your family matters. Say amen. It matters, okay? It matters. Now, we, we looked at this, at this, uh, at this order in, in Colossians 3, and so at the beginning of Colossians 3, it really talks about our relationship with God. Then last week, we looked at verse 18 and 19 that really talked about our relationship with our spouse. And then this week, it keeps on going in verse 20 and verse 21. It talks about our, uh, our, our relationship with our kids and with our family and how to make those a priority. Now, before we jump into the message, let me help you with this. The best gift, the best gift you can give to your kids is a healthy marriage say amen it's a healthy marriage okay a healthy marriage is the best thing for your kids well you know we're gonna make it all about the kids yeah you make it all about the kids for 18 years and you ain't gonna have a marriage at the end of it okay the best thing you can give your kids is a healthy marriage okay that's why some of y'all go back to my list go back to my list some of y'all are still struggling go back to my are still struggling with the fact that the spouse that goes over the kids some of y'all are still struggling with that right now because that's not how you've been operating for a little bit. I'm sorry the way you've been operating, but the reason why a lot of frustration is going on is because when you put your kids before your spouse, guess what? When your kids grow up and are gone, you didn't make her a priority or him a priority for 18 years, and now all of a sudden you're like, now you're a priority? That don't work, okay? A healthy marriage, best thing for your family is a healthy marriage, okay? A healthy marriage. Hopefully, and here's what, I'm going to say this real quick. This is what's cool about this list. If you don't have a healthy marriage, 
and you're at it with your spouse all the time, guess what? That's going to bleed over into your kids. That's going to bleed over. When we talk about work, you have a bad day at work, you'll you'll come home and take it on your kids or take it out on your spouse. So here's why this is important. Your spouse needs to come before your kids because healthy marriage makes healthy families. Say amen. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. We have points this morning, okay, which sounds kind of like I never have a point to my message. I always do. All right, but we do have points. So let's start first. Number one, number one, the child's responsibility. The child's responsibility. See, some of y'all thought I was just going to be talking to the parents today, but I'm talking to the children as well, okay? Now, some of you are like, I'm not a child. I'm a teenager, okay? Help me out with this adult. They're still what? Children, okay, all right, all right. If you're less than 18, you're still a child. Let me help you with this. You will always be your parent's child, whether you like it or not, okay? All right, so we're going to talk about the child's responsibility, child's responsibility, okay? So anybody who's under the age of 18 in here, all right, all right, this is your point, okay? So listen up, all right? This is your point. See, some of y'all think we ne- Buchanan never preaches to me. I'm preaching to you right now, okay? Here we go, here we go. All right, the child's responsibility, child's responsibility. Let's look at our first verse, okay? All right, here we go. Nope, nope, let's go to the Colossians verse. Colossians verse, there we go. Okay, here we go. We're going to say it's good. Only if you're under the age of 18 can you participate in this part. Ready? Children, what's that next word, under 18? Oh, this is so great. This is so great. All right. I'm going to force you to say it. All right, here we go. Children, one, two, three. I think some of them are saying, oh, me. (laughs) That's what they're saying. Okay? (laughs) Since you won't say it, I will. Here we go. Children, obey your parents. Okay, parents, tell me this. You'll love this part. In what? All All things. All things. Children, obey your parents in all things. Now, look at this. For this, when you obey your parents in all things, this is well-pleasing unto who? The Lord. The Lord, when you obey your parents, okay, that is well-pleasing to the Lord. And you obey them in all things. Go to the the Ephesians verse. Ephesians verse. Just in case y'all didn't think. Nope, nope, nope. There we go. All right. Here we go. Just in case you didn't like that verse, let's give this one. Here we go. Children. What's that next word? Okay, I love love the adults are like, I'll help them out. All right, here we go. Children, obey your parents in the what? Lord, for this is right. This is right. Now, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. Let me help you with this, all right? All right? Okay? You, children, your role when it comes to your parents is to obey. Can I get an amen? It's to obey. It's to obey. Some of you don't like that, but that's the responsibility is to obey. To obey. Here's what's happening. We are doing our kids a disservice. We are doing our kids a disservice when we don't have them obey. We don't have them obey. Because here's what, here's what, let me, because uh, some of you are like, you know what, I, I don't know, and little Johnny this, and little Johnny that. Poor Johnny. I hope we don't have any Johnnies in here, okay? All right, little Johnny don't want this, and little Johnny want that, okay? All right, let me help you this. You are doing a disservice to your kids, first of all, if you put up with laziness. Because here's what I figured out. No, zero teenagers want to do what they're supposed to do at the very moment they're told to do it. Can I get an amen there? All right? You're, you're doing them a disservice if you put up with laziness. And let me help you with this. You're also doing a disservice to them if they always get what they want whenever they want it. 
because here, like, here's what I figured out. The, the only time a teenager wants to do something, when it's their idea. Do you notice that? When it's their idea, hey, let's go. I'm ready. Woo. But then when it's a parent's idea, it's like, just one minute. I'll be there in a sec. I'm going. All right? But, but here's, here's what I want to help you with. If they always get to do whatever they want all the time, and, and no matter what, or it, it, there's laziness, here's what I want to help you with. You are setting them up for failure in the real world. You're setting them up for failure. Because let me help you with this. The boss ain't going to put up with laziness. And let me help you with this. The boss sometimes will say, hey, you're going to do this. When they say, I don't feel like it, they'll say, hey, why don't you feel like finding a different job? All right, because you're you're, you work for me, and I'm paying you a salary for you to do what I'm telling you to do. Well, I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter what you feel. you got to do it. Can I get an amen? Okay? So children, obey your parents in all things. Because here's what we don't understand. or Sometimes, sometimes children don't get this. Is look, we, we and, 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 and help me with this, teenagers. Help me with this, teenagers. And if you feel like you have a parent that doesn't do this, I still, I still feel like you should obey. But most parents, majority of parents, when they make a decision, they are looking out for your best interest. There, here's, here's, and we'll talk about this in just a minute. But my goal with both of my kids is that, and I'm not saying this is my primary goal and only goal, but one of my goals of my, primary, of my kids is that when they go out of the house, they're a fully functioning adult. <laughs> okay? Okay, I, I want them to be able to go out there to, to make their way, to pay their own way, to pay their bills, to take care of their family. Can I get an amen? That's the goal. I want that to happen, right? I want that to happen. But if I always continue to say, well, well when they turn 18, yeah, rude awakening's coming at 18. We have, to, we have to help and mold them and guide them and direct them. And children, your responsibility is to, what's that word? Starts with an O. Obey. 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 Okay? We, we are doing a disservice to our kids when we never force them to do, and I, I'm using that word force, when we never force them to do something they may not want to do. We're doing a disservice to them. They are to obey. Okay? Now, I, I'm not in this old school mentality of, you know, ch- children, children to be seen and never heard and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I'm, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not saying my kids have to, like, be like my, my slaves or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, when we ask them to do something, we're trying to build character in them. And, and good character. And, and sometimes good character, oh, i got to get here, right here. Here's what I see what's lacking in, in, in society nowadays. Self-discipline. 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 No, no, nobody should have to call you to wake you up in the morning. You, you set an alarm clock, you know what I mean? But, but I'm just saying, there's no self-discipline. And so we look, why, am I, why is my life all? Because you won't take charge of your life. Like, here's what we need to do. And here's, I'm going to tell you this real quick. The biggest thing is, I would much rather them make mistakes and fail and stumble and all kinds of stuff while they're still in my house than to throw them out to the wolves when, you know what, that mistake could, be, could, have, uh, could have some, and I will talk about this in just a minute, could have some major consequences. All right, now, well, I'm not done with y'all children. Here we go. All right, let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter, or let's go to the next verse, Ephesians 6, 2. It says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. We'll look at that in just a minute. Verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Okay? All right, so let's go back to when, when it talks about the first commandment with promise. Let's go to Exodus 2. Exodus 2. 
Exodus 2. Is it 2 or 20? Close enough. There you go. Exodus 20. <laughs> I knew it started with a 2. All right, here we go. Exodus 20. It says, honor thy father. This is, this is, this is in the Ten Commandments, okay? Okay, the Ten Commandments that God gave to the nation of Israel. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Okay, so let's talk about this. Now, when I say about the child's responsibility, I kind of got y'all, I kind of um, uh, tricked you a little bit, okay? Because I made the comment, I said, you will always be your, your parent's child, okay? Let me help you with this. this the, the Ten Commandments were not given to different parts and different ages. The Ten Commandments were given to the nation of Israel as a whole, okay? Follow me on this one, okay? All right? So that honor thy father and mother thing does not end when you're 18, Okay, now I'm going to explain this a little bit because some of y'all are going to look sideways at me, okay? Honor thy father and mother does not end at 18. Now, let me say this, okay? If you're over the age of 18, it is not your responsibility for your parent to dictate your life. Say amen. Okay? Especially if you're married. Let me just go on the marriage thing real quick. If, if, if mother-in-law or father-in-law are still telling you how to live your life and you're married, here's what you need to tell mother-in-law and father-in-law. I got a spouse. Okay, we're going to figure this thing out, okay? Some of y'all don't like that, but whatever, okay? But, but mother-in-law and father-in-law don't need to be dictating what needs done. Now, but on the flip side, okay, they do deserve our respect. They do deserve our honor, okay? That, that when, 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 a, when, a parent, when a parent is trying to speak into your life, even if you're over the age of 18, you need to respect them enough to at least hear them out and to at least consider. I'm not saying you make the same decision. I'm not saying that you, because sometimes that may not be good advice and all kinds of stuff. I get that. But, but what I'm saying is you need to honor and respect them. I, here's what's really interesting, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But sometimes, what, what, what sometimes is your children, it's more caught than taught. And so the reason why they show you disrespect is because you show disrespect to, grand, to their grandma and grandpa. Y'all didn't want to go there, did you? Okay. But they, 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 they are going to model what they see. Okay? So they see that and they say, okay. So Because so here's, what I, here's what I want. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I would love to be in the patriarch role when I'm a grandfather. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Like that patriarch, like, like I want to be that, that, that man, man the, the, the person that has the wisdom, that has the knowledge, that man, he leads our family well. As a grandfather, I want to have that role. And, and so, so from my perspective is I want, I want my kids to always understand that they can honor me. And then the same side, my grandchildren know that they can honor me and respect me. But from the standpoint, we've got to, we've got to model that to our kids, that there's an honor and respect that happens. And, and, and so there is an adult responsibility here too. But children, you need to honor and respect your mother and father. They do have what's best for you. Okay, they do have what's best for you. So if they're, if, they're, if they're making a rule, or they're, and I'm saying this is under age of 18, okay, if they're making a rule or trying to put something or inserting a value or whatever like that, it's because they were looking out for your best interest. Because they're looking out for your best interest, okay? So we need to obey them, but we also need to honor them. And, 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 and here's what I want to help you with. Under 18, in obeying them, you are honoring them. In obeying them, you are respecting them. Now, when you get over 18 and you're an adult and all that kind of stuff, you don't have to, quote-unquote, obey your parents anymore, but you still need to honor them. You still need to respect them. They still deserve your respect. Here's what, I'm going to say this real quick, and, and I hope everybody comes to this realization, but my parents got a lot smarter the older I got. 
Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And all the teenagers are like, what? You mean they gave better advice and wisdom as you got older? No, what I figured out was the advice and wisdom they were imparting me when I was a teenager was really good advice. I just didn't realize it. And then about 20, 22, 23, I called both my parents up and said, thank you. Because what they were trying to do when they weren't letting me go to that party, when they weren't letting me hang out with that friend, when they weren't letting me do this and do that, what they were doing is they were trying to protect me because they cared about me. And, 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 and some of my friends that I graduated from high school that, that, that unfortunately, you know, that there was, there was, um, there was um, uh, uh, diseases they got or, or they, they had kids before uh, they were ready out of wedlock or, or the fact that they're in prison right now is because in a lot of ways, because their parents were letting them do whatever they wanted to do and my parents weren't. And you can say what you want to, but your, your child thinking that you're their buddy is not success. Boy, we're friends. Great. They don't need a friend. They need a parent. They need a parent, not a friend. Okay? And, and here's what I want to help you with, even if they don't understand it. Let me help you with this. When you were a teenager, you didn't understand it either. So you got to look at yourself and go, you know what? It'll be good in the future eventually. They'll eventually come around. Some of you are like, when is it going to happen? Because it still hasn't happened yet, okay? It will eventually happen. What the decisions you make when they're in your house will bear out. And we'll look at that in just a minute. All right, so we're done with the children, all right? Let's go to the parents' responsibility. The parents' responsibility. Number two. Two. The parents' responsibility. Okay, the parents' responsibility. We're getting there. It's all right. We're flowing with this, all right? The parents' responsibility. Now, now here's a, here's a verse, and, and let me help you with this, too, is that, that I, I, we could talk about parenting for weeks. We could talk about marriage for weeks, so this is not the end-all, be-all parenting um, verses that are in the Bible, but we got a week, so we're going to get the best out of the week we got. All right, so here we go. The parents' responsibility. Let's look at our verse in Proverbs. 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 It says, it says train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, here's where we mess up with this verse. We, we, we have a wrong impression of what that way is. We have a wrong impression of what that way is. Train up a child in the way he should go. And so we, we, we insert into that verse what we think our children should be trained to do. So what do we train our kids to do? How to throw a baseball. How to throw a football. How to play a musical instrument. How to paint a masterpiece. Because all their master, right, every single thing they draw is a masterpiece. Never mind. Okay, all right. We train them in all these different areas. And, and we're putting all of our time and energy, money, into training them in all these areas. But let me help you with this. Here's a verse in John so we understand what that way is. What that way is. It said, Jesus saith to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You want to know what that way is? That way is Jesus. That way is Jesus. And so wh- wh- whether, 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 they, whether they make the team or not, whether they win the award or not, whether they got a million trophies on their wall or not, whether they're happy, okay, whether they're always happy all the time or not, our responsibility as a parent is to train them up in the, starts with a W, in the what? Way. That way of Jesus. 
that way of Jesus. Here's what we look at and say, okay, what, 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 is, what, what is the way of Jesus? From the standpoint of, of what did Jesus do? How did Jesus live? Well, how did Jesus talk? All that kind of stuff. That's the way we're supposed to lead them. Is lead them in the way. And we'll look at that in just a minute, how that looks. But that's the way. That's the way. We cannot pick, well, I've got to train them in this and train them in that and train them in this and train them in that. No, you train them to be like Jesus. Say amen. They're going to be like Jesus. Point them to Jesus. All right, and we'll look at that in just a minute. How does that look like? But I want you to understand, the child's responsibility, obey, honor, respect. That's the child's responsibility. But our responsibility is to train, train them. Now, and the reason why it's about Jesus, because here's what I want to help you with. What's going to bring them back, because they may, they may go away. Okay? They may go in a different path. And here's what, I'm going I'm to say this real quick too, and I, I'm going to, this is on my soapbox, and I don't know why it is all that, but I'm not talking about, when I say uh, train them up in the way, I'm not tra- saying about just church. Because training them in church, okay, what you're doing is you're training them up in an or- about an organization. Here's what I want to help you with. You train them up in Jesus. There's a big difference in that. There's a big difference in that. Because here's what, we, what I'm seeing a lot, and, and I'm just going to, this is a soapbox deal, whatever, is what happens is somebody gets saved, put their trust, somebody gets saved, gets, puts their faith and trust in Jesus, and we point them to an organization instead of cultivating a relationship with a person. And Jesus. And so because of Jesus, and because, the, the, I'm telling you, if they, if they're cultivating a relationship with Jesus, that's what's going to bring them back. That's what's going to bring them back. Let me help you with this. They may write off church, but they won't write off Jesus. Because if they really have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is always going to be like, come on back, come on back, come on back. Here we go. All right. Last thing, number three. Number three. All right. Spiritual leadership in the home. Spiritual leadership in the home. Okay. Now, we talked, about this, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I want to talk about this a little bit more this week. Spiritual leadership in the home. Now, here's what I'm seeing, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the first to say me right here, okay? I struggle in this area, okay? I struggle in this area. And so we're going to talk specifically about this and how we can do a better job of this, but there needs to be spiritual leadership in the home. There needs to be spiritual leadership in the home. Now, these next two verses are directed to a particular person for that spiritual leadership. Okay, a particular person for that spiritual leadership. Look at those verses. What's that first word? Fathers, fathers. Now I'm gonna uh, let's go ahead and, and and call it what it is. Uh, there are, there are some families right now that do not have a father in the picture. Okay. Now I, I'm 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 realizing that if there's not a father in the picture, mamas, you got to step up. Just is what it is. But if there's a father in the picture, okay. If if, if there's a husband and wife, a mom and a dad. The onus of spiritual leadership falls on the father. Okay? It says, fathers, provoke not your children to what? Anger, lest they be discouraged. Let's look at the other verse. Look at the other verse. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to what? Wrath. Now, we're going to look at the second part of this in just a minute. Okay? But here, here's, here's what we need to understand, dads. Okay? We set the spiritual climate in our homes. We set the spiritual climate in our homes. Now, I think this is kind of interesting. 
how when it talks about the fathers and provoking not your children to anger, provoke not your children to wrath. Because here's the deal, guys, we know how to push, push the buttons. We know how to push the buttons. And we can say what we want to, and you can say you're not that guy or whatever like that, but especially, and I, I'm, I'm going to say it in my home, it's, it, it becomes a real challenge at times because I got boys. And sometimes my boys need to understand that they're boys and I'm the man. Okay? But we need to understand that we, are, we, we, know, if we, we know if we're making the situation worse or better. Because we can yell and scream, because we can be demonstrative about it, we'll shut everybody down. We didn't solve anything, but we shut everybody down because I'm the man. But we can't, we, we're, we're, we have a responsibility to revoke not our children's wrath or to anger. Because here's what we need to understand. We've got to keep our cool, guys. We've got to keep our cool. Here's what really hit me hard. You know why we've got to keep our cool? Because we're the adult. We're the ones who are supposed to control our emotions. We're the ones who are supposed to be able to say, you know what? Ah, oh, I'm feeling it. Here we go. Ooh, okay. We're the adult. We get frustrated because teenagers act emotional and they get all whatever. Guess what? They're teenagers. There's something wrong with their brains right now. I'm not being funny about that. Like literally, there's a chemical imbalance going on. And it's called a demon. I'm just kidding. All right? Don't say, I'm just kidding. All right? It's got to exercise that thing out of them. I'm, I'm just kidding. All right? But their brains are developing in, in totally different ways. And so we look at this and we go, okay, we've got to understand is what are we doing? What are we doing? Because here's what, here's what I want to help you with. This is, this is really what God helped me with. Last week, last week, let me help you out with your marriage. And this is a cool thing. Your marriage is a testimony. Let me ha- explain that. Your marriage is a testimony. Your marriage is a witness to what, that as, as a husband and a wife relationship is like Christ and the church relationship. So when we look, when we look at, 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 a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a marriage, that should be a picture of like, okay, that, that, and we saw, look at the verse last week, that man, how much Christ loves the church, and how much, and let me say this, how much the church should submit to Christ. And we look at the marriage and go, that looks nothing like what the Bible says, but that's the witness that people see, is that, hey, there's this marriage thing, but when I look at every marriage, it's like broken and splintered and crazy and all that kind of stuff, but yet this over here. Now, here's what I want to help you with on this. Fathers, you are a witness to your kids of what a heavenly father's like. Okay? And here's the problem. We say God is God has grace. God gives grace, but yet dads don't give any. We say God gives mercy, but yet we don't give any. Uh, the verse, uh, the, 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 I was thinking about this when we sing that song. You know, that God is slow to anger, but yet dads are like, oh, here we go. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? A lot of people have a problem with God because they're like, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand Heavenly Father, but i got Earthly Father, but He doesn't show grace, mercy, forgiveness, kindness. He don't show these things, so Earthly Father doesn't do that. That must mean that God doesn't either. Do you all see where I'm going here? So we need to understand that we are a picture of the Heavenly Father. Now here we go, but ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring bring them up we talked about that word but that's a contrast okay so a contrast to what was said before bring them up in the nurture that means the 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 growth the instruction and admonition that means that means uh, 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 reproof caution okay admonition of the Lord 
That we're supposed to help them see that, look, what, my responsibility as a dad, my responsibility as a dad is to point them to Jesus, but I want them to understand, like, let me under, help you understand the instruction of the Lord. Let me understand, understand the reproof, the caution of the Lord, and, 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 and the fact that here's what God says we can do, here's what God says we can't do, and help them learn it from that standpoint. Okay? Now, let's go to, um, let's go to our next verse. Go to our next verse, okay? Um, no, I'll, before I talk about that, <clears throat> let me help you with this. And this is what really, really important. I was doing, I was doing, I was doing some research on pastors' kids because I got some, okay? I did some research on pastors' kids. Now I know there's there's this um, stigma when it comes to pastors' kids about in some way, shape, or form, uh, there's some that, that, that end up leaving the church after they're 18 years old, okay? And, and that bothers me because I, obviously I have pastor's kids. I want them to stay in the church. I think it's important for that and all that kind of stuff. But I started doing research on why they do that. Why do they do that? Why do they leave the church, okay? And I started l- looking at, here's, here's a couple of the reasons, a couple of the reasons. One was um, dad picked church over us every time. That was one of the reasons, that church was more priority than we were. And so that's why I'm just, as a, as a warning for y'all, is understanding that there may be times when I can't be there for you because I'm there for my kids, okay? There are times where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to pick my kids over y'all. And let me help you with this. That's a good thing. You want me, I'm telling you, go to, go to, go to Timothy to the requirements of my role, okay? It talks about me being a good husband and a good father. You want me to be a good husband, a good father. Okay, that was one of the things. The other thing was why they didn't do it is because of how either the church members treated them or talked about their dad. I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, everybody has preacher for lunch on Sunday. Everybody has preacher for lunch on Sunday. Either they're lifting them up or they're tearing them down. If you are tearing me down in front of your kids all the time, and then you want me to speak into their spiritual life, they ain't going to respect what I'm saying because you don't respect what I'm saying. Here's the big one. Here's the big one. Here's the big one that got me. Okay? One of the biggest reasons why they didn't stay in church is because the man they saw on Sunday morning was not the same man they saw throughout the entire week. That he was different. That he, that, that, that he, he preached this and preached that, and he was kind and courteous and compassionate and forgiving and all this kind of stuff, and then throughout the week he was not that at all. And to them, it looked like it was fake, it was put on, and all that kind of stuff. Now, let me help you with this. You may have that situation with you picking church over your kids, okay? Not to the level that I have. I'm just being honest with you. I'm being completely transparent. I I hope in no way, shape, or form that you're having to deal with people, uh, you know, talking about your kids and that kind of stuff, whatever. Like, like, like they're probably, y'all probably talking about me behind my back. I'm just kidding. I hope that's not happening, all right? If it is, just say it to my face. I'll take it better. Here we go. Uh, but here's, here's, we can all relate to that one, that, that third one. You cannot come into church and be like, praise the Lord, amen, all that kind of stuff, and then live like hell on earth the rest of the week. It looks disingenuous. It looks like, you know what, he's, he, he's saying all these things, but he's not living it. Okay? So we have to live it in front of them. Now, let's go to our next verse. Let's go to the Deuteronomy verse. Let's go to that Deuteronomy verse. Because some of y'all are like, okay, Buchanan, I don't need to be the spiritual leader. What does that look like? What does that look like? 
Right, here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Verse 5. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Very familiar verses. We've been looking at these. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. This is, verse 7 is the key. Verse 7 is the key. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy what? Children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Now, some people take this and they go, you know what, I need a structured, regimented, okay, so let me see here. So every time we're in our house, I've got to talk about the Lord. Every time we're, we're driving the car, I've got to talk about the Lord. You know, we need to make sure we pray before bed, and we need to make sure we do a devotion in the morning. Now, now let me just say this real quick, okay? I don't see, I don't see, I, 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 this, I don't look at this as much as a, a step-by-step plan, as much as it's helping you to see what it looks like from a lifestyle point. I'll explain that, okay? Um, if you do family devotions in the morning, great. If you pray with your kids at night, great. Um, if, if every time you go in the car, you're, you're, you're singing Bible songs and memorizing verses, great. That's all wonderful. That's good. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I think this is more not pointing to such, so much of a highly structured way of doing things as much as being, being intentional about what we do. I'll just tell you, my, my family, we don't have a family altar. We don't do devotions every single morning. We don't, I mean, we, about the most consistent thing we do is we bless our food every single time. But here's what I want to help you with, and, and I'm, I'm working on this. Every time I have an opportunity to point them to Jesus, every time I have an opportunity to have a teachable moment, you, you, I'm, I'm inserting church, I'm inserting God, I'm inserting Jesus into the conversation as much as I can. And I can be more intentional. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to your spiritual leadership, some of you guys are like, Buchanan, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. Here's the deal. When you have an opportunity, just tell them about Jesus. When you have an opportunity, point them to God. When you have an opportunity and you see a principle that's lived out in Scripture, teach them that principle. Not what you think, what the Bible says. Okay? Like, you're like okay, I, I know I need to help them in good character and teach them how to do this kind of stuff. Okay, there's, there's a, a lot of information here on how we should live our lives. A lot of information in here. Impart that to them. Impart that to them. Because here, here's a, go back to a verse. Go back to the verse. Go back again. Okay? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Verse 6. Okay? And these words which I command thee, they shall be in thine heart. Oh man, this is really good. This is really good. This is so good. This is so good. I'm so excited about this. Verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Here's what you're teaching diligently to them. Go to the verse before that. You're teaching diligently to them what is in your what? Heart. I just saw that. Oh, this is so great. This is so great. What do you, what do you need to teach your kids? An overflow of what God is doing in your own life. If God is doing something in your life, there's an overflow that happens. Like if God, one of the best things we've done as a family, and I'm not saying we do it all the time, but, but when God blesses us, we tell our kids. Because we want them to know that, look, God provides. God takes care. God blesses. You know what I mean? We tell them about that kind of stuff. But it's an overflow of our what? So where's our heart? Sometimes our spiritual leadership is lacking because our spiritual walk is lacking. We're not following after God ourselves, and so if you're not following God, how are you going to tell your kids how to follow God? Man, this is so good. 
golly, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Good. That was, Todd, I'm telling you, that was like a God moment right there. Totally didn't see that until right now. Ooh, yeah, second service is going to get it too. All right, here we go. Last thing and we'll be done. Last thing and we'll be done. All right. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to your spiritual leadership, spiritual leadership in the home, okay, it is your responsibility, fathers, if there's not a father that, that, that's, that, that's present, okay, then moms, you got to do your part. All right? We understand that. But here's another thing, too, I want to help you with. Take advantage of all the resources you have at your disposal. I'm going to get on this, and some of y'all won't like it, but this church wants to help you with your kids. This church wants to help you with your teenagers, but yet you won't bring them. I'm just, I'm not, now let me help you with this. I'm not here to replace your job. Because if you think this whole thing, oh, I'm going to take them to the church and they're going to be the ones to help them with spiritual stuff, I promise you, we got them for an hour, you got them for the rest of the week. Your influence is a whole lot bigger than our influence for one hour. But I'm just telling you, and you're like, well, they don't like it. Here's what I figured out about teenagers. They don't like anything. Period. Okay? Here's what they want to do. They like their, their phone, their video games, hanging out with their buddies whenever they want, going to the movies without you, okay? That's what they like. They like what they like, okay? So they don't like it, so I'm not going to take them. So let's, let's talk about that. So you think taking your kids to church less while they're a youth is going to make them want to go more as an adult. I'm not trying to be ugly, but you need to look in your mind and say, that doesn't make sense. There is not, this whole, oh, I shouldn't say this. My mom did not take me to church because she she was forced to go to church. And and so she wasn't forced to go to church. She wanted me to force to go to church either. I'm telling you, if somebody didn't actually take me to church, I don't know if I'd be here today. I'm just being straight up. I had a cousin that picked me up every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, and took me to church with him. And that's where I found Jesus. That's where I got saved. That's where I got called to the ministry. That's what's kept me going because I, I because somebody was willing to say, you know what, church is a priority, and I'm going to bring you. We don't send our kids to church. We bring them to church. And so here, I'm just letting you know, I'm not, we are not there to replace you, but we want to help you. But you won't let us help you because you won't bring them. Well, I don't like it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Here's my thing. My kids, my kids, and you better not do this, Riley Jackson, okay? My kids may turn 18 and leave the church. It is a possibility of that. But you know what? I'm exhausting every measure possible until that day. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go at the end of the thing and say, I didn't do everything I could, everything I could to point them to Jesus. Everybody stand. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>